Here we are, Andreas. Drinkers. I do not know why you should make this fuss over me, Dr. Watson. Anyone would think that I am seriously ill. Oh, well, you're not. But you might be if you don't take care of yourself. You're not a young man, you know. And after a life such as you've had, well, it's a wonder you're in such good shape. Uh, it is bad. Uh, but you are right. That at least I, Andreas Paulus Juno, have lived. Look. Look at my pictures. The photographs. Greece. Spain. Italy. Ah, yes. Italy. The most beautiful. If only my Maria were alive. <laughs> she would be really looking after me. But thank you, Dr. Watson. There's really no need to concern yourself anymore. <laughs> Good day. Present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. The Italian Intrigue. Sherlock Holmes was never a man to believe in luck or in coincidence. As a medical man, I suppose I should have been equally scientific, but my long travels in the East, mixing with strange fakirs and mystics, had left me with a form of ingrained superstition. I became aware of this once again in the summer of 1891, when I attended one of my most colorful patients in his small detached house in Moorfields. Andres Juno was a wonderful man, filled with a zest for living at every moment. He'd married an Italian girl, Maria, and they had one son, Rico. They were supremely happy. Later, tragedy had struck. Maria had been killed in a riding accident. Andreas showed his courage then by the way he forged ahead, heartbroken but strong. These thoughts had been uppermost in my mind as I drove back to Baker Street. And somehow... I wasn't surprised to find a well-dressed, foreign-looking woman outside our home. Excuse us, and, oh, please, but this is the house of Mr. Sherlock Holmes. That is correct. Uh, my name is Dr. John Watson. I share rooms with Mr. Holmes. Uh, can I be of any help to you? I, I wish, please, to be interviewed by Mr. Holmes. I, I, I have no appointment, I'm afraid. <laughs> Let us go inside. I'm sure if Holmes is free, he'll talk to you. Uh, come this way. Oh, gracias. Sherlock Holmes was free. He was sitting by the open window reading a book. When we entered, he looked up and greeted us both with a thin-lipped smile. Ah, Watson. I observed you arriving by handsome and wondered if you'd be kind enough to bring up this young lady. She's been hesitating outside for some little while. Uh, please do be seated. I observe that you have traveled a long way. I'm very flattered. You are an Italian? You come from Naples, perhaps? And you are not familiar with our English currency. You have difficulty paying the cabbie. That is quite correct, Mr. Holmes. Although how you can tell at just a glance, I really do not understand. Oh, it's really quite simple. Please, do be seated. Your very appearance says that you are not English. There's always a style about continental women that shines in our drab London streets. 
You're wearing a locket round your neck, which is unmistakably Italian. Uh, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, it is the charm of Naples. Only people born and bred in that city are allowed to wear it. It's supposed to bring good luck. That is also correct, but I'm afraid the luck, it is not with me for a long time now. I am in trouble, Mr. Holmes, and that is why I come to you. My name is Lucia Cataldo. I'm not married. Until recently, I lived with my father, Marco Gino Cataldo. He was the prosperous merchant. Then a year ago, there was trouble. Things in the business, they go wrong. We lose the money and the prestige. My father, he suddenly sells most of the own, and, and then he disappears. I do not know where he is. Friends, relatives, they do not know. I must find out what has happened. Well, if I can help you, you may be sure that I shall, Signorina. But uh, tell me what brings you to England. I hear uh, from a friend of the friend that Papa, he took the boat from France across the channel. That was some months ago. I have little money, but I come to try and find him. But London, it is so big. I don't know how to start. Well, of course, there is your own embassy. Oh, that I have tried. They do not know of him. He does not report to them. And you have already tried to reach him through the agony columns of both the morning and evening standard? You, you know that? How? Oh, I studied these columns. Recently, there was an appeal for Signor Cataldo to reply to an urgent appeal. Uh, the moment you mentioned your name, I knew it must be the same family. So, so what can I do? I must find Papa. Well, of course, I shall make all the inquiries I can. Uh, tell me, you have no names or addresses of any of your father's friends in London? No, not as far as I know. He has no friends here. All the time we lived in Naples, there was never an English visitor in our home. The only time Papa spoke English was to a Greek friend. English to a Greek friend? How odd. Do you recall the friend's name? Oh, it was many years ago. The man, he married a girl from my village and he became friendly. I cannot recall the name. It was, oh, I don't know. My friend's name was Maria Goldini. Maria? Maria Goldini. She married this man who was much older than herself. Well, it, it could have been Juno. It could it be Andreas Paulus Juno? Oh, no, momento. You, you know, Dr. Watson, I think that was it. I, I cannot be certain of it so many years ago, but it might have been. <laughs> well, come now, Watson. What magic trick are you about to perform now? An Italian rabbit out of a hat? <laughs> Not exactly, but by the wildest coincidence, I've just returned from administering to a patient. He's an elderly Greek gentleman, Andrea Polo Juno. He married this Italian girl when he was middle-aged. I have a strong feeling that it must be the same man. Well, now, that is something to go on. Dr. Watson, even if this does not lead us to Papa, if this is the same man, then please, can you not take me to him? I should greatly like to meet him again. Well, of course I will. Press is not desperately ill, but I can always find an excuse to call in upon him. I shall be busy with other patients for the rest of the day, but uh, tomorrow morning, perhaps. Oh, grazie. That I can agree to. Uh, good. Now, where are you staying at the moment? In the Garibaldi Hotel in Albion Street. Marble It's quite convenient. Uh, shall I pick you up there at, say, uh, at nine o'clock tomorrow morning? Oh, that will be most convenient. Oh, thank you very much. I will take up no more time, Mr. Holmes, but I do hope that we shall meet again soon. I do most sincerely hope that we find your father. Good day to you, Signorina Cataldo. Oh, I saw Lucia Cataldo downstairs and into a handsome cab. When I returned, Holmes was seated at his desk, one of his innumerable research folios open in front of him. I've not seen 
find what I'm looking for, Watson. Well, uh, might I ask what it is? The name Cataldo. It has a definite ring about it. I thought when I saw the agony column the other day that it was to do with the criminal element associated with Palermo in Sicily. The treacherous organization known as the Mafia. You're not suggesting that Chia Cataldo's family are criminals, are you, Holmes? I didn't say that, but ask yourself one thing, Watson. Why has this man uprooted from Naples and come to England? And without explaining the reason to his only daughter, it's the act of a desperate man. A man afraid for his life. You mean he's been hounded out of his own country and is hiding over here? He doesn't want to acknowledge the fact, not even to his own daughter. Yes, exactly. You might even think the advertisements appealing to him in the newspapers are a trick to get him to reveal his whereabouts. Oh, I see, and I don't fancy our chances of tracing him. Oh, why, I wouldn't be as pessimistic as that. Follow up on the visit to your Greek friend in the morning, but keep your eyes and ears open, Watson. There could be a great deal more behind this than first appears. The rest of that day passed uneventfully enough. The next morning dawned bright and clear, and Lucia Cataldo was waiting for me at her hotel. She spoke little on our drive out to Moorfields. It was clear that she was extremely worried. But when we were shown into Andreas Juno's house, it was Rico, his son, who welcomed us. Ah, Dr. Watson. How pleased I am that you're called. Father was taken quite bad during the night. I was wondering how to get in touch with you. Do come in. Well, allow me to introduce you. This is Lucia Cataldo. She believes that her father and uh, your own were friends many years ago in Italy. I'm very pleased to meet you, Signora. And I you. It was lucky that I called here yesterday afternoon. As you know, my job takes me all over the country, Doctor. I'm rarely home more than a few nights every month. Will you please follow me? Well, what appears to be wrong with your father, Rico? Oh, he has the pains in the chest and can't breathe very well. I gave him some of the medicine you left yesterday, but he didn't sleep at all. If I didn't know him better, I would think he was imagining it all. He seems to be worried about something. Quite unlike him. In here. Dr. Watson to see you, Father. And also a friend from Italy. Italy? Uh, a friend from Italy? I am Lucia Cataldo. I wondered if you were the friend who used to visit my father, Marco. In Napoli. Lucia. Oh, I, I cannot pretend. Oh, see, see. Oh, but what are you doing here? I uh, think before you start to explain, Signora, I must attend to this gentleman. Uh, would you mind? Uh, Rico, please, now that the Signora knows your old friends, won't you take care of her until I've examined your father? No, no need. Uh, I'm all right. You are not all right. You are clearly in great distress. I must take your temperature and listen to that chest of yours. Do as the doctor says, Father. Come, Lucia. I may call you that, mate, huh? Come. Come this way. Now, let's get one thing clear. If I have any more of this nonsense, I shall have you removed to a hospital. You won't like that, so you'd better do exactly as you're told. Now, open your mouth and don't talk. I gave Andreas another thorough examination. His condition was much the same as it had been the day before. I could detect no marked deterioration. All I could do was leave more medications and order him to take a complete rest. Then I allowed Lucia Cataldo back into the room and left them together. So you see, Signor Juno, I must find my father. I must know what all this means. You are the only person I know in England who may have heard from him. Diego, have you seen him? 
Has he been in touch with you? Tell me. My, my dear, my, my heart, it bleeds for you, but from the little I know, I can only advise one thing. Go back to your own country. Cease this search for your papa. It is a hard thing for me to say, but if you stay here, continue to ask the questions, you will only make things far worse. Go. Go. While there's a chance. Go. Leave now. Leave me in this house and never come back. Understand? Never. Lucia Cataldo was with Andreas for only about 20 minutes. When she came out of his room, she was pale and trembling. She refused to talk about their conversation and begged me to go about my daily business. I was reluctant to do this, but when Rico Juno said he would take her back to her hotel, I was forced to agree. We said we'd keep in touch, and I assured Rico that I would call upon his father within two days, and that I was available on the telephone should he want me before then. The next afternoon, just as I got back to my surgery... Call for Dr. John Watson. Uh, Watson speaking. I hold the line, Dr. Watson. You're going through. Hello? Hello? Hello, Dr. Watson. This is Rico Juno speaking. Oh, uh, good afternoon, Rico. What is it? Anything wrong? Yes, there certainly is. It's father. He's been attacked. I went to my office this morning, and when I returned about noon, I found him lying on the floor of the sitting room. Someone must have got in and beaten him up. He's in a bad way. Gracious, where is he now? In the Moorfields General Hospital. They say he'll be all right, but it's very worrying. Oh, I'll uh, get over there as soon as I can, Rico. Thank you for letting me know. Now, try not to worry, and I'll be in touch with you later. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. It was later that afternoon before I managed to get across to the hospital. I was allowed to see Andreas because I was his doctor. But I knew that it was useless to question him at any length. He was extremely badly beaten. And although no bones were broken, there was obvious concussion. And a lot that he said didn't make sense. Get No right to be here. Won't tell you, won't tell you a thing. Where am I? Andres. Andres, this is Watson. Can you understand me? Now, I am here. You'll be all right. I just... Try to lie quietly. Uh, Dr. Watson, uh, yes, yes, uh, not made a very good job of this, have I? You've been attacked. Can you tell me how it happened? Uh, broke in. Two men, uh, I don't know them, uh, and they, they asked questions. I didn't understand. I told them to get away. Get away. No right in here. Won't tell you. Never heard the man... Uh, no one here called Marco. It was clearly a waste of time to stay further. I had a talk to the doctors and nursing staff and left knowing that Andreas was in good hands. I tried to concentrate upon my work for the rest of that day, but I couldn't get my mind away from what had happened. Holmes was out when I got home. He came in later for supper, and I explained as best I could what had happened. It seems very clear that things are moving to a climax, Holmes. I'm sure that it's all connected with the disappearance of Marco Cataldo. It's got to be. Otherwise, why did Andreas keep muttering his name in protest? Yes, that's obvious. Well, I'm afraid the time has come for us to take an active hand in all this, Watson. Although it's getting quite late, I fear we must delay no longer. Well, if you're willing, I think we should call a cab after supper and get over to Moorfields immediately. 
I presume that this young man, Rico, will be at home? Oh, yes, sir. I think so. They won't allow him into the hospital. The sir. I doubt if his father will have visitors for some days. Well, Holmes, I agree. I should be grateful for your advice. Frankly, the thing is growing upon my mind. It's in a strange sort of way I feel responsible. Well, in that case, let us finish up the remains of the game pie, wash it down with a draught of fine ale, and be on our way. What do you say? Within half an hour, we were in a handsome and pattering our way across London. By the time we got to Moorfields, it was quite dark and the streets were deserted. The lights were on in the downstairs windows. That at least showed us Rico Juno was at home. He received us with delighted surprise. Oh, come in, come in. How nice to see you, Mr. Holmes. I take it that Dr. Watson has told you of our latest trouble. Yes, I'm very sorry. Perhaps if I'd taken a more active hand earlier, I might have been able to prevent this. However, we must deal with things one at a time. You say that you rarely spend much time in this house? No, I feel a little guilty about it, but I travel a great deal in my job. All up and down the country. Father is left alone for days and nights at a time. Mm. You have someone who comes in and cleans and cooks? Oh, yes, yes, a Mrs. Lawson. She comes in three times a week, has her own keys. Been with the family for years, quite trustworthy. When you do stay here overnight, do you ever notice anything strange? Noises, movements that you can't account for? Oh, well, I am usually so exhausted from my day's work that I go to bed quite early and sleep very soundly. But, well, sometimes I do get the feeling that... That uh, all isn't well. It's an old house, of course. Stairs creak a bit. I'm not the nervous type. Do you notice any food disappearing? Things misplaced in cupboards? Well, no, no. I have nothing to do with the running of the place. Why? Well, why do you ask? I ask because I'm sure that you are not living here alone. And neither is your father. What? What do you mean? You have a lodger. An unpaying guest. He's here in this house at this very moment. Mr. Holmes, what are you talking about? Do, do you mean... Oh, no, you don't think that. That Lucia's father is... Is staying here under this roof? It would seem to me to be the most likely solution. But that's impossible. There are only two rooms upstairs, father's and mine. There is an old box room. An attic, I presume? Yes, but no one could live up there. You can't be sure. There's only a couple of foot of space between the ceiling and the tires. It is impossible. But nonetheless, I think we must investigate. And I think we must handle this very gently. Now, come. Take me to the top of the house and let us take a look at this attic. Uh, lead the way, please, Rico. Ah, yes. You see, there is the hatch to the attic. A small plank of wood, about three feet square. And here, see the top of the stairs? If one stood on the rail at the top landing, one could easily reach the hatch... Remove it and pull oneself up. Yes, and look. Look, you see marks upon the, on the rail here. Yes, that is exactly what has happened. Now, give me a hand, Watson. I'm going up. But this is ridiculous. There is nothing up there. No one could exist up there. Uh, uh, careful, Hans. Yes. Uh, take my shoulder. Uh, right. Quiet now. Now. The light, please. The lamp. Hand it up. Here. Ah, good. Ah. Come out, please. Please come out. No one is going to hurt you. Please, Senor Marco Cataldo. You are among friends. Please, now take my hand. Let me help you down, please. I, I, I cannot. I cannot. Yes, yes, you can. You, you can come along now. You can do it. Come along now. That's it. Gently now, gently. Careful now, legs. 
Let's what happened go. next was one of the most bizarre sights I can ever remember seeing. From the small aperture came the emaciated legs of a tiny, filthy, frail creature who hardly resembled a human being. His staring eyes were wild with fear. He was shaking with ague. A man hardly in his right mind. Holmes handled him like a child. Soon we were back downstairs. Drinks were poured, and Marco Catavolo was persuaded to sip a small brandy. Gradually, we managed to get some sensible words out of him. I, I had to hide there. It was the only place I could find. Uh, Andreas, he did not know. I, I came here, the cleaning woman, she, she let me in. I, I, I pretended to go, not, not to wait. I said goodbye, closed the front door loudly and crept back up there till I, I found place to, to, to hide. Yes, you did that because you thought there were no friends here. But there are. Andreas is your friend, and so is Rico, his son. His son? Yes. And your own daughter, Lucia. She is here in London. Lucia? Here? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Lucia. Now, now, listen to me. What? I am Sherlock Holmes, and this is Dr. Watson. I have great influence with the British police. I can guarantee your protection. All you have to do is to tell me who your enemies are, and I shall do the rest. Now, come. Will you tell us the whole story? Marco Cataldo did exactly that. He described how back in Naples he'd been accused by the mafia of betraying them, when in actual fact it was his cousins of the same name who were guilty. He'd been blackmailed by them, forced to pay protection money, and eventually flee for his life. Now they'd followed him to England, and he'd been forced into hiding. Holmes listened to the story with the greatest of interest. I was able to use my influence to get Cataldo admitted to the same hospital as his friend Andreas. I knew he'd be safe there. The following morning, Holmes announced over breakfast... If you go to read the agony column of the morning standard, Watson, you'll see that Marco Cataldo has come out into the open. He's appealed to his daughter to call upon him at a certain address in Elm Park. He even stated the time, 8.30 this evening. Gracious, Holmes, how extraordinary is it? Why? Well, I hope so. It's the apartment of Inspector Gregson of the Yard. Yes, I think our mafia friends will be unable to resist this invitation. Young Rico Juno is going to help by impersonating Marco. Shall we also attend? It'll be rather gratifying to be in at the kill, as it were. And so it was arranged. There were several of us concealed in Gregson's flat that evening. The front door was conveniently left unlatched. The light was dimmed. Rico Juno, conveniently slumped in a chair by the fire, could have been mistaken for anyone. There was not long to wait. Leave all this to me. This time we shall not fail. See, see, it must be over and finished. There, there by the fire. It is him. <laughs> so, Marco, you think you're kind of scared, eh? No, not our vengeance. This time you die before you can tell the truth. You die swiftly with the knife in your throat. It was all over in a matter of minutes. The two would-be assassins were arrested and led away. Much later, Lucia was reconciled to her father, who made plans to immigrate to America, taking her with him. But this plan did not materialize, because... I shall not be leaving London after all, father. Rico and I are in love. He has asked me to marry him, and I have accepted. Oh, sonna could see, Felice. I am so happy. 
And, as Holmes remarked... Well, at least the Italian intrigue had a happy ending. Not all our cases do, do they, Watson? Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.